Hey everybody, welcome back to uh, Here's the Thing. Hi everybody. Episode 4. Episode 4, big one. Big one, and by big one I mean, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big one and it's not a big one. Yeah, <laughs> number-wise, not that big. But uh, it's also been like a week and a half, two weeks since we recorded the last yeah. one. A lot of shit's happened in both media and the world. I'm excited. Oh, we're going to talk about a lot. Yeah, uh, so, so, <laughs> happy new year. Happy New Year, buddy. Merry Christmas, Merry too. Merry Christmas. All that jazz. Uh, I, I think the best way to do it is just dive right in. On Christmas, two movies came out. Did you watch them? Soul and Wonder Woman 84. I yeah. did. I watched both of them. Yeah, I watched I watched both of them. I uh, liked one more than the other. Yeah, me too. One. Say your favorite at the count of three. All right. Of the two. All right. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, two one. one. Wonder Woman 84. Well, you're a fucking moron. What? <laughs> no. Uh, I did love Soul. It was a fantastic movie. So let's start with the best, because I have a lot to say about the worst. Soul. <laughs> uh, so I watched it alone, which was good, because I was able to just like sit there and watch it. And, and cry since in it was silence. Cr- no, actually, I didn't cry. Uh, oh, yeah. But I, like, since it was Christmas, because I watched it Christmas Day, I literally, so I woke up, everybody in the apartment had gone to their families and shit, so it was just me. And I was like, oh, this is nice. A little morning myself. Sent everybody a little video of me being like, guys, wake up. It's crit. Oh, nobody's home. It made me so sad. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it was really funny at the time. And then I sat around and no one was home. So I was like, this sucks dick so bad. <laughs> and then I went to my aunt and uncle's for Christmas morning. And around like noon, I was like, I'm going to head back to my apartment. I'll come back for dinner though. And they're like, you don't just want to chill here. And I was like, nah, I got a movie I want to watch. And they're like, well, let's watch it together. And I'm like. Nah, like, this doesn't happen often that I can just sit and watch a movie. Especially, not to rat on this apartment, but to sit and watch a movie on the couch, in the living room, uninterrupted, doesn't happen. Yeah, not have somebody walk in. Yeah, it doesn't happen. And Allie was busy because she was having Christmas, so she's not texting me that much. So I went home, and I watched it. And I loved it. I There are so many things that I could pick apart and be like, I loved it because there's the symbolism here. But I just, I don't find it fun to do that when I like something. I just genuinely liked it. Uh, I loved sort of the story. I thought it was hilarious at times. Yeah. Like, I I knew they would do the Pixar thing of, like, some bits would be funnier than others. There's a part where 22, which is, for people that haven't seen it, it's a dude who dies. Uh, That's not a spoiler. Watch the trailer. And he goes to the afterlife, and then in order, he wants to get back to his body because he doesn't feel he should be dead. He accidentally stumbles into, so there's the afterlife. And there's the before. And he stumbles into the before. And he meets this soul that is, like, such a basket case. Because, like, she only needs one more thing before they can send her. Yeah, she needs her, her spark. Which her is, spark or Which her they passion. mistake as her purpose, the yeah. whole movie. And uh, well, she just the main isn't interested in anything. Yeah, the, ma- the main character mistakes the spark for, like, purpose. And this soul, 22... Who's voiced by Tina Fey? Everybody in the movie does amazing. Yeah, I haven't, I, I haven't seen Tina Fey in anything in a while. So yeah, that, that like blew my mind. She, I'm like, wow. She was collecting that Mean Girls Broadway money. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah, because she wrote Mean Girls. I forgot uh, about that. I always forget about that. But so he meets this soul, and its name is Twenty Two, and this soul has been trained by everyone to see if it to find her her spark. Like every historic every, person that's died, like every Plato. Uh, Muhammad Ali, 
Gandhi, like all these people, and it genuinely made me laugh when she was being taught about honesty and being passive and just a good person by Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. And he's like, you can't let everything bother you. You need to focus on truth. Yeah, and she's and like, she goes, you're on the penny. Yeah, she's like, aren't you a little mad that you're on the penny? And he's like, no, it is an honor to be on anything. And then she goes... Well, they gave Jackson the 20, and he flipped out. I genuinely belly laughed. Like, I thought it was hilarious. Jackson! <laughs> and, and I was surprised by that. Uh, not because I didn't think it would have funny moments, but I didn't expect to actually, like, laugh. Because yeah. I laughed a lot. Yeah, and Pixar, it's like you have a little, haha, but it's really nice when you get yeah. surprised with them. Oh, wow, that uh, was funny as shit. I will say, since it came out, I've read critics takes on it and i've realized this is probably a pixar movie made for adults more so than kids yeah uh also it goes beyond like because pixar sometimes like it plays it safe this is really delving into like the hey if you're religious you're probably not gonna like this that if you have strict afterlife beliefs because it really just throws it to the wind but beyond that like yes you're not wrong yeah uh but beyond that just the message of like what it's trying to say about your spark and your purpose and your passions and all that. Yeah, don't be so worried ten, about. But like a yeah. ten year old, it's not going to hit. Not going to hit as hard, but as they grow up with it too. As they grow up, yeah. But what I'm what I'm saying is like, I think that's also what they did with because I noticed the skin thing on the soles was the same as the yeah. emotions on Inside Out, and you were like, oh, it's the same guy. I'm like, cool. Yeah, same but, thing as Inside Out. Kids might not get, like, some of the depression stuff and upset stuff that she's going through no, until but, they get older. But with Inside Out, the basic message of, like, the moment when she's, like, you know, from sadness there can be happiness and from happiness there can be sadness. A 10-year-old's going to get that. Yeah. A 10-year-old's going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right, you know, I love my dog a lot. It was really sad when it died. Yeah. Like, it's going to connect with that. With Soul, a 10-year-old, it's not going to click with the, like, you know, I'm 22 and right now, you know, my like my passions, my quote unquote like sparks, are cooking and watching movies. Like the the connection of like maybe that's not your purpose. That hit like a fucking oh, like oh yeah, a like the, uh, like the it barber, connected the barber scene where he sit in the chair oh, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I wanted to be a veterinarian, and they're like, oh. I'm so sorry that you're stuck being a barber. And he's like, no, I'm super happy. Yeah, like, he loves it. It made me, like, kind of choked up. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm so worried about where the fuck I'm going to end up. And I think for, like, <laughs> I think basically for anybody in college, like, from 18 and after, I think this movie will strike that chord. Basically from high school and before, it'll, like, high school kids will get it. They'll get the message. I don't think it'll hit. I think it'll hit a little bit, but as you get older... Yeah, I, I, I think this was just the first case, and it's the only complaint, not not even complaint, just it's the only thing that I noticed after reading a critic say it, and it's not even a bad thing, it was just the critic basically was like, this is definitely Pixar's movie that is aimed much more at the adult audience than the kids. Yeah, because with a lot of other Pixar movies, if you were to look at, like, a graph, like, their target audience would be, like, way towards the left, younger side. Yeah. But the impact of this one just, like, keeps getting more impactful as, you're, as you get older. Yeah, for, like, the adults in the room. Especially people who are, like, way older and, like, oh, closer yeah. to death. And here's what made me laugh, and also terrified me, because I've thought about this before, 
is when he's going, there's a part in the movie where he's going to the afterlife and there's all these, like, a couple of souls around him and they're like, yeah, it's okay, like, we've been waiting for this forever. And when you get to the end of this conveyor belt, you kind of turn to a floating circle of soul and you float towards a giant white light. Yeah. You know, the thing that everybody says. The great says, beyond. The great beyond. And then these three souls, it goes, and then it gets quiet and then they, against the white light, like, moths yeah. against, like, and it, it, Made me laugh so fucking hard. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's horrifying. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I loved Soul. Uh, I want to rewatch it just because I, I genuinely thought it was great. It made me want to watch Inside Out. Yeah, it made me want to watch Inside Out too. And not in the way that Inside Out is better. Like, I'm not saying it is. I personally think Inside Out is Pixar's best movie. But it was it had, it had struck that chord of like, wow, this director, Pete Docter, is... Definitely hitting on some stuff. Like he, he definitely he nailed it. I think it's great. It's definitely the best animated movie of the year. I was about to say also the way that they have I forget her name. It is it Terry. It's Terry. Yeah, it's there's Terry's Jerry's and Terry's. So Terry is the one that's going after yeah, Terry. the main character because he's supposed to be dead. And the way she pops up in wall art randomly, yeah, is gorgeous and it always like made me go holy shit yeah. that's so cool yeah there's not Ugh. there's not a lot i can pick apart in terms of like what was great it was all great it was all great it was a really good movie i enjoyed it i went back to my aunt and uncles for dinner and couldn't shut up about it it made me feel like because they talk about like the zone you get into yeah and being in that zone every i feel like everybody knows at one point whether it's something you used to have that you loved or still love and you uh like get into that zone of creativity where you just flow mindlessly like, shit just comes easy and like the purest form of your creative self is just like being expressed that being portrayed in the movie was really crazy because i've yeah. never been able to like put that together like put that into words and also the way they said yeah that same zone that you get in can turn into obsession if you're the thing you're passionate about becomes your whole life and you slowly sink from that zone into like this pit of black sand and become like this obsessed monster yeah. that's mindless and I'm like that's such a good analogy that's so good and man, that that was my favorite part of the movie was the zone quote unquote yeah the the visuals for it too were great were gorgeous uh, I just like the the idea because I'd never yeah. thought about that before I'm like wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Uh, and then, <laughs> the next day I watched the other big Christmas release. You watched the first part of it. I, initially. No, I, I sucked it up and I bit the bullet. I watched it, I finished it later that night. Uh, also, I, I'm one to watch things all the way through the first time. I had to stop halfway through. I stopped after 30 minutes. I know, I saw where you left I, uh, off, yeah. I bit the bullet and finished it eventually, but... It was Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, so oh, oh, so I God. went to watch it. I'm going to say my viewing experience, because I know what yours was. And I'm excited to hear <laughs> how nitpicky you're about to be oh. with this fucking movie. Because uh, I have the same mentality when a movie doesn't blow me away. Like, I'm not going to rip into it. I'll say what I didn't like about it, and then that's it. I started this movie hesitantly excited. Also trying to, I was also trying to be unbiased as well. Yeah, like I don't love Wonder Woman. I don't think it's great, but it felt fun and exciting to have a major release. Yeah, for the first time in a while. For a, yeah, for a, first time in a while, and have it be a popcorn entertainment movie felt fun. And I, I, I was, 
hesitantly excited for that because I don't know, that just it's fun. Um I made it through the there's a scene at the beginning where she's doing like basically a relay race. I made it through that. I made it through the mall scene. And then I turned it off. I couldn't do it. I made it all the she like goes to get dinner by herself and at this point the visual effects I thought were laughably bad. Oh my god. Uh the writing was clunky. And I just didn't see the point of the first two scenes, period. I didn't see the point of the first, like, 35, 40 minutes of the movie. Which was all I had watched. Like... It was bad. And I was getting frustrated. I was like, this isn't good. Like, I was sitting there being like, this is it? This is, it? This is what they're riding on? This is what HBO Max was advertising? This feels bad. Well, it's because uh, it's a big DC movie. It's something yeah. everybody recognizes. So they're like, oh, we're going to advertise the shit out of this. So I turned it off. Uh, bla- like I very, very quickly when my mind was like, this isn't good. It went from this isn't good to why am I watching this? And I shut it off. I went to my dad's. He said he was going to watch it. And I went, all right, I'll watch it with you. Let's watch a little father, son watching a movie. You know, let's watch it. Instead, we watched Ma Rainley's Black Bottom, which is great. Talk about that later. It was great. <laughs> we went and had dinner at my aunt and uncle's. We went back to his apartment. And then we watched it. Still bad. Still didn't like it. Didn't still think the first two scenes could be cut out. The visual effects are bad. Which doesn't make sense to me. Because they had the budget. Uh, the writing is bad. Some scenes have moments where it's like, wow, they were in their bag. And then two seconds later, I'm like, nope, they lost it. Like the only scenes I'll say, I know I'm gonna get into like what I think of it, but the only scenes I saw that they were sort of in the bag with it was um, the villain scenes. What's his name? Gold? Pedro Pascal. Yeah, Pedro Pascal's character. Yeah. First of all, Pedro Pascal did it the best he could with the script. Oh, he's the best part of the movie. I love him. I uh, love him in the movie. I thought at some points they were creatively they were doing well. The scene with her and Steve Trevor flying and the fireworks and shit. It lasted so lasted long. too long. But, it lasted so long. But for a brief moment, it was good. Like yeah, it was that like, part okay, was that's good. Pretty, but it just kept going. I will say, in the weeks, in the in the like week and a half since it's been out, it's getting a lot of hate that I don't think it deserves. I don't think it's as bad as it's being labeled. Granted, I've been sitting here saying it's bad, but it's not dog shit. It's not. It's not ungodly it's not unwatchable yeah like it's not like if somebody were to put it on i wouldn't want to watch it but if they were like no i want to watch it i'm not gonna make them change it like i'll watch it uh it's not good but it's definitely not as bad as it has suddenly been made out to be but i do i i it it was a waste of my time that took me fucking forever to finally get through do you have a list of shit you didn't like? here's my opinion it's bad. <laughs> it's so it's bad. It's so bad. There are movies where you watch it and you go, man, this is bad. But I'm enjoying watching this because it's bad. Like The Room. Other movies. You know. And then there's Wonder Woman 84, which made me think about how much time I have left to live in my life and how much time this movie's wasting me. It... It just, it felt bad to watch. It felt like I was doing something wrong. The first thing I'd say, you said clunky, disjointed would be my word, of the plot. It just felt like they had a lot of ideas, and they didn't say no to any of the ideas on the board. They kept trying to put all the ideas in, 
And the first thing I'd say is when Chris Pine's character comes back, he's wished back to life by Wonder Woman. And they can't bring him back in physical form. So they have him inhabit somebody's body. Not an already dead body. Not a freshly dead body. A living body. Where did that guy go? Well, Where did he go? Yeah, so that I thought that was funny. Uh, it's yeah, funny. It's very funny. So they they bring him back with this wish thing uh, that they don't fully explain. They never fully explain. Well, they explained it a little bit like it's a god, like the trickster god or something. Yeah, but then how did she know to revoke her wish? Exactly. They don't explain anything fully. But so she basically wishes for him to come back, and this random dude, who wasn't bad looking... No, he's a good looking dude. Uh, ...suddenly becomes Steve Trevor. Now, here's what I found very funny. Only she sees him as Steve Trevor. Yeah. Which means, like, and Steve Trevor is his consciousness. Like, it's him. And I, I, as soon as that clicked in my head, I was like, so the whole world, except for Wonder Woman, is seeing this dude doing this shit... That he's never done before. Also, I had a th- I just had a thought. When he's fighting people, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be fighting them at that level. No. He'd be fighting at a different level. No, it, we could poke holes in it all day. So, oh, all day. But I and do I don't a- want to do that. <laughs> I do agree. The wish thing, although cool in concept, they did piss poor in execution. They Well, they. this is what I, I said to Raquel, was that they put exposition in areas where there didn't need to be exposition... Mm-hmm. And they put no exposition in the areas where we needed to know information in order to understand the story. Example, the Dreamstone. Also, another example, she says, I've turned a coffee cup invisible before. Let me do this whole jet. This has never been mentioned. They had time to mention it last movie, the beginning of this movie. Mm-hmm. No, in the moment, she was like, I'm going to make my classic invisible jet right now. Mm-hmm. Out of fucking nowhere. And also, yeah, the visuals were laughably bad. There was one visual I thought was good. Mm. When Cheetah shows up and her eyes are glowing and it's dark and we see her from a distance, was a really, really cool, like, menacing image. Yeah. I was like, wow, cool. And then they got a close-up and it fully was a different person. Yep. It wasn't the same thing. I was like, oh, that's really disappointing. I had something cool. There was something cool for five seconds. And now it's gone. Yeah. Additionally, we nailed a uh, prediction we had on one of the last podcasts, which was the first two-thirds of the movie are going to be bad. Then the last ten minutes are going to be pretty okay. I said that the DC thing is the first two-thirds are good. Oh, I said the opposite. Oh, I was completely wrong. I said the first two-thirds are good and the last third sucks, and that's why I don't like Wonder Woman. Oh, that is what we said. Yeah, because of Ares. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, we got it right opposite then. We did. Like. if if there could be an award for sticking a landing, nailed it. <laughs> like they the ending to the movie is good, but if yeah, if Patty Jenkins uh... who directed it, because I don't know if you read these headlines and stories, not always. So the studio told her to shorten it because that's the other part. So it was two and a half hours long. Yeah, it should not be. That it's long. it's long. It's it's near end game length. It's like... yeah, it's fucking long. Patty Jenkins fought to have those two first scenes. When she's doing the race and fighting in the mall in the movie. If you were to cut that out, that's like a half hour right there that you don't need. It's not important. And it just baffled me. Like, when she came out saying, like, yeah, I fought for those scenes. And I'm sitting here just like, you should cut them. Yeah. Why why? did you leave them? This made me, this makes me think that you're not a good director. Exactly. It's just, it, 
Yeah, it, it wasn't good. The mall scene felt weird. It did. It felt very weird. It felt really weird because it, they did the... It felt surreal. It, no. <laughs> it, it, like in a bad way. They did... Ow. They did the thing... <laughs> they did the thing that other superhero movies do, but in their first movie, when the superhero is being a superhero, because like she runs through the mall and she gets the bad guys, but they hide her yeah. to be like, who could it be? But we know who it is. But we know who it is. It's the, the second Wonder done. Woman movie, and you didn't start with this scene. You started with a scene showing us her as a kid. Why are you hiding her? It's not like a scene in, like, like Spider-Man does that really well. Where yeah. he, like, shows up in a new suit. But there's no new suit. No, it's just Wonder Woman. It's just Wonder Woman. But, yeah, I think... Also, there's one guy in that scene where he goes, No! Really flat. And it's one of the funniest things oh, it's I've hilarious. seen. To the movie's credit, the main cast does well. They do as good as they can with the Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman at this point. Yeah. Uh, she's Pine been Wonder Woman in like four movies now. Yeah. Chris Pine's always good. Kristen Wiig, I think, did a really good Kristen job. Kristen Wiig did really well. Yeah. Uh, and Pedro Pascal is definitely the shining star. Oh, he was wonderful. He was great. He's. I said this to you, and I said this to Raquel, and I'll say it again here. His ability to portray being absolutely desperate... About something yeah. is really cool. I was like, wow, he's nailing. Yeah, no, he was definitely the best part. But yeah, I don't have much good things to say about it. I just don't no, think it was good. In the end, would I say it's one of the worst movies of all time? No. Is it also, I thought about this, is it restricted by like the resources we have right now and the pandemic we're going through? Yes. Probably. So with that in mind, it's not as bad as it could have been. Could it have oh, been better? it could be much worse. Could it have been better? Definitely. Absolutely, could have been a lot better. It's but not as bad it, it as people are saying. It's not that doesn't mean it's good. It's yeah. still bad, but it's not trash. It it there are good parts. Also, at the very end, the last five minutes of the movie, she's outside and it's like Christmassy, and Allie and I both went, "Oh, it's a Christmas movie! It's a Christmas <laughs> movie! It came out on Christmas, so it has a Christmas scene." Yep. And it was that was funny. So that made me laugh. But if I were to choose one of the two Christmas movies that came out this year. Choose Soul. I choose Soul. Oh, it's Soul. It's Soul all day for me. <laughs> soul was so good. Soul was great. Then we did a marathon. Yeah, let's let's jump into the meat of this. Let's jump into. So I picked the la- I picked the last director. I picked Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick, which and had you, a lot of meat to chew on. And you picked arguably the greatest palate cleanser of all time. Edgar Wright. Yeah, all of these movies are just entertaining. I gotta say, Terrence Malick is like a really well seasoned cooked tender brisket that you have to like really chew on get all the flavors Edgar Wright's movies is a bag of Sour Patch Kids mixed with every other candy you could find in the movie theater see I was gonna say it's just a cheeseburger it's just it's so good he's it's so good just stuff your face uh but yeah you picked the director I did because he's he was my favorite director yeah watching this movie these movies these movies (laughs) watching these movies He's no longer my favorite director. Really? Yes. He's no longer my favorite director, but he's my favorite editor. Okay. No, that's fair. Yeah. I get that. His editing is unmatched. And do you know what did it? What? The three films Coronado did it for me. Yeah. That's what did it, because the first one didn't do it, the second one started to set it in, and then the third one was like, okay, I don't think he's my favorite director. We started with his worst movie, The World's End. Which, you say it's his worst. I think it's his worst. I love it. I No, I don't say I don't love it. It's a fun movie. See, but uh, I don't even think... It, I don't think it's his worst. 
What do you think is his worst? I so I don't think I don't think he has a worst. I think I was I'm I think saying World's in, the, in End, the vein of everything. I think World's End and Shaun of the Do- Shaun of the Dead are tied for last with me. Yeah, I think so too. But I, I think I, it depends on the day because I love World's End. Yeah, World's End is fun. I think the cast bounce off each other really well. Oh in yeah, that movie they really go back and forth in a really great way, which um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg go back and forth really well. But then the addition of Martin Short and all those other actors that I can't remember the names to were really great in adding to that. I think it was really funny. I think it was fun. Uh, I think Simon Pegg's character having horribly dyed hair was hilarious. Was hilarious, and it was obviously a choice of the director. I was like, you know what? That's funny. So, <laughs> so for people listening that don't know what these movies are about, uh, the World's End yeah, is play. it's a bunch of guys who went on like this pub crawl in their late teens, early twenties, and didn't finish, and they've all grown up and gone their separate ways and become successful in their businesses. Except for one, uh, what was this? Simon Pegg's character, yeah, and he wants to get everyone together to do this pub crawl again, and they do it. And halfway through, they learn that this town is taken over by alien robots, mm-hmm. and it takes such a turn. And it's just so funny to me because the main character, Simon Pegg. He learns about it, and all of his friends don't believe him because of their past. They don't believe him because he's a liar. Yeah, and he's a he's a fuck up and he's an and, asshole. Yeah, and he he was he fucked him all over at one point or another. And then this movie had one of the only parts in any of his movies though that made me just belly laugh, what? which was when Nick Frost, the big guy, they decide they come to the realization that they can't just leave. They have to finish the pub crawl. Yeah, and they're like, no, we can leave. Oh. And Nick Frost's character, who I forget I his name, they're like, no, we can leave. He hasn't been drinking. He's sober. And then it cuts, and Nick Frost is sitting there with a whole tray of shots in front of him. And he knocks back six shots with the same sound effect every time. And it's so funny. It was beautiful. It makes me laugh every time. It was the funniest part of that movie. It killed me. Yeah, and they they just basically fight off the apocalypse. Yeah, and at the end, too, uh, they're like the rowdiest, most frustrating group of people. Uh, And... (laughs) They get to the end with, like, this entity that's controlling all the robots. Yeah. And it's like, I'm trying to take over. Like, I'm trying to make you guys perfect. And they're like, but humans aren't perfect. Fuck you. They basically... They, they annoy it into leaving. Yeah, they, they annoy this alien entity into leaving Earth. And they cause the apocalypse. And yeah, in doing so, <laughs> they accidentally cause a worldwide apocalypse. They, and they end the world by sending it back to the Dark Ages. And let it be known, the first half hour of this movie seems like it's just going to be a normal, boring movie. Yeah, it's very... The first half hour, it does not grab you. It's slow. But then when you get past the first half hour, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Because it's quick. It's a quick turn. Yeah. Because <laughs> we watched it with our friends and their jaws were just... They all were they, like, Their jaws Whoa. dropped. Yeah. I say, I, so I wanted to say this while we were watching it, but I don't know if anybody's seen it. It pulls up from dusk till dawn. Which I've never seen. actually seen Dust. Okay, the, then this is a spoiler for you, and I'm going to regret saying it. No, but it's okay. Okay, it'll make sense. From Dust Till Dawn is about two brothers, played by George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. I know that part, yeah. Who commit a robbery, and they take hostages, and they're trying to get to the Mexican border with this family. And for the first hour, it's tight. It's, it's intense. They need to get to Mexico. And they stop at a biker bar. And then... It takes such a left turn. Um, the biker bar 
is a vampire hideout, and at midnight, or at night, whenever, these vampires come out, and then they are fighting for their survival. And it's the grandfather, his two grandkids, Quentin Tarantino and George Clooney, and a couple other bar people, all fighting off these vampires. It takes such a fucking turn. And that reminds you of The World's End? Yes, because if... If movies pull off the twist halfway through mm-hmm. and it works, it's awesome. Like, From Dust Till Dawn is fucking awesome. Yeah. This movie, I think, does it really well because it, it gets to the point of like, alright, is this the movie? And then the robots reveal themselves and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. In a very wonderfully Edgar Wright yeah. fight scene. And it made me realize something about twists. As long as you change the plot on a dime yeah. and stick with it hard... You'll nail the twist. Yeah. Which uh, inspired me. <laughs> but I like I World's End. World's End was good. And then, then we, we watched, watched Shaun, Shaun of the, of the Dead. Dead. Which I've, I think I've just seen it too much. I also have. It, it was on Comedy Central a lot, I yeah. remember growing up. Uh, but for people that don't know what Shaun of the Dead is, it's a guy who's basically an everyman. He's a nobody. He's just living his Nothing life. Nothing spectacular yeah. about him. He works at like a tech store. He's a fuck up too. Yeah, he's a, he, he likes going to the bar and drinking with his buddy. And... His girlfriend leaves him, or, yeah, him and his girlfriend break up, and he goes to the bar and gets drunk with his housemate, and they wake up the next day, and the zombie apocalypse happened. Yeah, and they just, like, didn't, don't notice it for, like, a few hours. And this guy's whole game plan is to go get his girlfriend, go get his mom, get his stepdad, get to Kill the, his stepdad. Get to the bar, <laughs> get to the bar, have a pint, and wait for it all to blow over. It's it's just a spoof on zombie movies. Yeah, and it's it's amazing. Specifically because here's why I like Shaun of the Dead a little more than World's End. The way they use TVs in the background yeah. to tell the secondary story of what's going on in the world is really great and also really funny when he's switching channels and every channel puts together a piece of a sentence that's basically like the world's ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. This, so this was his like big debut because he had debut. one movie before yeah. this, but it wasn't big. What year did you show that? 2004. 2004. Yeah. This was his debut, essentially. It is a great debut. Uh, it's a good movie. I just, I've seen it, because it's been on TV a lot. Yeah. If you take a class on editing, you're going to see exactly what you just talked about, which is the TV bit. Yeah. Because right at the beginning, when he's flipping through the channels, if you listen, all the channels are basically, it's cutting from like a soccer game of like, and it's going, and then he cuts to like the news, and it's like, it is spreading across the... And then he flips to like a nature channel. It's like the plains, the forests, the whole world. Yeah. And it's just perfectly edited of like, if you don't notice it, you won't. It's just like, oh, he's flipping through channels. But if you pay attention to it, it's saying what's happening outside of him. Yeah. And it's basically saying the world's ending. Uh, but it's it's good. I don't have a lot to say about it. I don't either. It. I've seen it so many times, but I just think it's if, fun. If you want a really funny, well-paced action comedy spoof of zombie movies an, an aggregate movie it's great it's great uh, it, it is really great I don't have a lot to say about it's, it it's I believe that's probably the pinnacle of like pure Edgar no actually maybe Hot Fuzz is I would say Hot Fuzz oh I, I have yeah. thoughts on Hot Fuzz oh do you oh yeah oh well next we watch Hot Fuzz so we watch Hot the, Fuzz the end of the what, the Cornetto the three, three films Cornetto trilogy which are we haven't even said why they're called that uh, these movies are called a trilogy None of them have a story that interweaves with each other. None of the characters are actually reoccurring. Yeah. The only reason they're set in this trilogy is because they all take place, allegedly, in the same universe. Tied together 
by there's an ice cream cone that you can buy in the UK at like gas stations and shit called a Cornetto. And in all three of these movies, the Cornetto ice cream cone makes an appearance, whether it's by rapper or by them eating it, it always makes an appearance. Have has Cornetto ever said anything about it? Probably they you oh, can't just, just do that. Like if if we were to make a movie and put fucking drumsticks in it, we couldn't just do that. Like, <laughs> like these were studio movies. They didn't just do that. The next one is Hot Fuzz, which I know it's not yours. That's my favorite Edgar Wright movie. I see. I get why. Because I think the editing in that movie, and I know everybody's got a hard on for the editing in Baby Driver, which we'll get to. The editing in Hot Fuzz, I think, is the best example of Edgar Wright. Not with the storytelling, with the TV shit. He does fast-paced action movie montages. The whole movie. Not during the action sequences. Yeah, during... During... during He's getting ready for his day. He's walking down the hall. He's going to write paperwork at the police office. He's writing paperwork for like two movies. And they do like fast-paced montages, and it's always funny to me, and I think it's perfect. Uh, Because it's showing the boring side of police work. And it's just fast-paced. It's so funny. Uh, Hot Fuzz is my favorite Edgar Wright movie. It's about a cop who is so good at his job... Unbelievably ...that they transfer him to a small town where there's allegedly no crime... And he ends up uncovering a cult that is controlling the entire town. For dumb reasons, which, if you don't know, uh, a bunch of murders occur, and he strings together this theory that they're all connected to, like, uh, money and all these, like, legitimate reasons, and he finds the cult, and the only reason they're killing these people is because they have an unsavory house. They don't like them. They don't like the way they sing. They don't like jugglers. Like that's they play their music too loud in the car ride to work, so yeah. they kill them. It's a, just a bunch of old people in a cult that's just like the homeowners association. Yeah, that just gets rid of them so that they can win the uh, best village of in like the country award. It's every also year. it's also just it's really funny to me because the bad guy blatantly says he's the bad guy yeah. at the beginning of the movie. Like this cop is transferred to this town, and as he's walking to work, the bad guy runs up next to him on his morning jog. He's like, you're going to catch me later on because I've been killing all of these people. And the cop's like, excuse me? He's like, have a good day, sir. And he runs off. Like, I just think you're it's gonna, perfect. Yeah, you're going to arrest me for murder. Murder? Murdering prices down at my store. Yeah, like, like, so many like, obvious it's things. It's just so funny, and I think the editing and, is great. It's my favorite. I don't have a lot to say about these movies because they're all just good, and I like them. Yeah, and here's what I'll say about uh, Mr. Skinner, which is that character, is that he does it so obviously that Edgar Wright circumvents your expectations twice. That yeah. you're like, oh, it's obviously not the guy because he's so obvious, so he's going to pull a twist that's like, oh, it wasn't actually him, but you think it's him because it's so obvious. No, it actually is him. Yeah. He's actually one of the bad guys, which is hilarious to me. And then, yeah, Hot Fuzz is a great movie. And right when you think it's over, some big shit happens, and you think Nick Frost's character's dead, and it's the end of the movie, and Simon Pegg's character is like looking at the grave, and... <laughs> Nick Frost from the side is like, thanks for coming. And it pans over, and Nick Frost is still alive in yeah. there. It's amazing. Um, but it's a fantastic movie. And then we watched, uh, after those three movies, he had two other movies made. The next one we watched was Baby Driver. His latest movie, and probably his most well-known movie, is Baby Driver. Yes. It has, what is it, Ansel? Ansel Elgort. It's definitely his biggest hit. Yeah, it is. And it's honestly one of the movies that I think is the least Edgar Wright. 
Really? I, yeah. Oh, I strongly disagree. I th- think it's leaning, it starts to take away from his directorial sense and themes and lean more into like, just like normal action movies. Dude, everything's and I think it synced was, up. I think it was because, here's why it, takes us out, why it takes me out of it, because you made me realize this, it's Ansel Elgort. Takes yeah, me I don't like Ansel Elgort, but I wouldn't say that the movie isn't Edgar Wright. Everything synced to the sound. It's edited immaculately. I think it's because of the the dialogue's not as quick as it usually is. Yeah, and and, that's that's just me. And I I I can send you a video about it because some a YouTuber I watched made a video on Ansel Elgort being like, "Is he good or is he bad?" I is don't he just know. Pretty? I is, don't yeah. know. And he pointed out that his best role is probably Baby Driver, and even in that, he's just passable. Yeah, he's not that great. Yeah. I'm John sorry. Hamm. John Hamm. John Hamm's great. great. Jamie Foxx is always great. Kevin Spade, uh, that guy. Yeah, you know. He's in it. The monster. He's in it. Yeah. He's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lily James is good. Like, everybody in it is really good. But Except yeah, Ansel, Ansel, Elgort. Ansel Elgort's just there. Like, you could replace him with any actor and it'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. But I, I get what you're saying with, like, the dialogue's not that witty, but I think in terms of editing and pacing. Oh, editing-wise? Editing and pacing, I think it's great. Say so, so you're right. And... Yeah, the fact that he synced the entire movie up with music yeah. is wonderful. And he did the TV thing that you love. Yeah, he did do the TV yeah, thing that I Yeah, at the beginning did. of the movie, he's like... He, he lays out channels. the whole plot. But it's, yeah, it's not like what's happening outside the world. It's the movie. Yeah, it's he the lays out story. the entire plot of the movie through quotes of different movies. And all, point, each quote pops up at yeah, some point in the movie. And at one point, uh, the Monsters, Inc. one's the funniest because he does the... Come on, we're pals. We're friends. And then later on... We're a team. You, yeah, we're, we're a team. team. Ansel Elgort wrongs his basically his crime boss. And he goes, but come on, I thought we were a team. And the crime boss literally goes, don't pull that Monster Zinc shit with me. And it's just I knew like, it sounded oh familiar. my god. Yeah. He's like, I knew it sounded familiar. Fuck you. Yeah, I love Baby Driver. It, I do love that movie. I just think Hot Fuzz is his best. But it's not a bad yeah. movie by any means. I think the, the stunts in that movie are fantastic. Oh, so the driving stunts, so fucking cool. Made me want to go on a drive. It also um, made me discover my favorite driving song. Oh, uh, Bell the Bottoms. Most groovy. Bell, Bell Bottoms. Bottoms. Oh, it's Bell so Bottoms. good. That opening scene alone is Yeah, the opening scene really is really Like I, I always say, Edgar Wright circumvents your expectations like in really small, quick ways. Like when he gets in the car, he points forward. Oh, and he goes backwards. backwards. Yeah. I was like, that's great. Or the uh, entire last chase sequence being on foot. Yeah, which I didn't know, but you told me that the studios and the producers yeah, were like, we don't want that because that doesn't make sense. Cause he's and on, pa- on paper, they weren't wrong. On, so he brought this movie to them, and it's got one really great bank, robbers, bank robbery sequence at the beginning with the great, now famous, opening sequence of driving. Yeah. He's got another driving sequence where he's got to switch cars halfway through a robbery gone wrong. And then the finale, which is a foot race. Now... I'm a producer. You come in with a movie called Baby Driver, and the climactic, the big one, is a fucking foot race? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It works. The movie's great. The finale's amazing. Because if you bank the whole movie on the thing that he's that yeah. he's a driver, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But if you bank the movie on the fact that he it's about this kid yeah, no, and it's... his life and he this thing that he loves and he's good at is taken away from him, yeah. then yeah, fuck yeah. It's Which, a great ending. Yeah, it's not It's not that it doesn't work. It's that on paper, yeah, it makes sense why the producers were like, you need to change that. Yeah. But it, it works. It's great. The ending's awesome. Well, it's because also 
I get it. I also shit on producers a lot. But I get it when you're so busy as a producer, you don't have the time to look into every little single detail of a script and understand, like, the plot of a movie yeah. to the nth degree where you can be like, oh, okay, you know what? It does make sense. Yeah. I get it. But at the same time, have a little faith in your directors. Yeah, no, it's not... <laughs> And they eventually they were like okay they caved and they let him do the end. Yeah, it was he, fantastic. I mean he did it. Yeah. Also the color coding of uh, red with John Hamm's face in the cop car when his girlfriend early in the movie goes yeah when you piss him off he sees red and all we see on John Hamm's face after that is pretty much just the it's color just red. red. Yeah. It's oh he does that wonderfully. He's also just very handsome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's good at looking good. He's great at looking good. He's great at playing like you said during the movie a scumbag. Dude. Yeah, uh, he's so good at being scummy. In Baby Driver, he's good at being like a scary scumbag. He's horrifying. And then in, in what in show the is town? It? No, in Mad Men, he's a scumbag. Yeah, but I love I love that show too. And then in the movie The Town, he plays an FBI agent who's like the villain, and he is so fucking punchable. <laughs> like he comes across as just fuck this guy. He, his face, I said this during the movie, his face is so beautiful and punchable yeah, at the same time. But I loved him in it. And then you finished with... I finished with one of my favorite movies of all time, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. I love that movie yeah. so much. Also because I just have a huge hard-on for alternative indie music. Then that's your movie It's right my there. movie. Yeah, if you love alternative indie music, this whole movie's soundtrack is alternative indie music. It's fucking sweet. And, like, Garage Rock. I think the whole movie is edited perfect. <laughs> it's a great comic book. No it's, other way It's a great it. comic book movie, but it doesn't... It Okay, it's edited to feel like a comic book. Yeah. Like, it's great. And there's all those... Great. All the words and, like, the, the burrs when, like, the like a bell goes off and yeah. it's transitioning to the schoolyard. It's, it's a comic book video game movie, but it feels like that. Like, it's so good. You don't have to understand the dialogue either. It's just like the beats of everything pull yeah. you in. And you're like, oh my god, and all these characters are colorful and interesting. The bits are hilarious. Like when he's uh, when Scott Pilgrim's trying to find Ramona Flowers at the party. And he goes, have you seen a girl with hair like this? And it's the shittiest drawing oh, it's just scribble. of just a circle and scribbles. And the guy's like, oh yeah, that's Ramona Flowers. Uh, that or when his girlfriend Knives comes to see if he's home. And his roommate opens the door a little too wide. So she knocks. He opens the door wide and she goes, is Scott here? And Scott realizes that he can be seen and he takes a step back behind the door and the roommate sort of closes the door to his shoulder and he leans on the door. He's like, no, he, uh, he, and then he no, he's like, he goes, you know what? And then you hear footsteps and then Scott goes running and diving out a window and he just goes, he, he just left. And then you just see him reach back in for his coat. Pull yeah. the coat through the window and walk behind knives in the next shot. That always makes me laugh. It's well, it's like an extremely famous shot. And it's yeah, so funny that and all the celebrity cameos in that movie too. Chris Evans, Chris Evans, Brie Larson, which who who performs my favorite song in that whole yeah. movie, Black Sheep. Brandon Routh, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. yeah, great. It's it's a great movie. It's just fantastic. There's also so much symbolism early on in the movie with. X's fucking everywhere, are everywhere. Just the just the. Yeah, letter I remember X. we were watching it and you literally whispered under your breath, "Symbolism," <laughs> yeah. and it pissed me off because I was like, I was like, "Yeah, dude, it's not that deep a movie. It's not deep. Like, yeah, it's there. It's, she literally puts seven X's on a card. Yeah, it's not deep, but I love that movie because every time I rewatch that movie, I see something new. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, 
It never stops giving something to me. No, it is great. And it I is a great love movie. It. And I've been listening to the soundtrack forever. Love Scott Pilgrim. I could do a, I, mean, I probably will do a whole video on why I love Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Because I have a gigantic heart on for Scott Pilgrim. Over time, it's become less of like my favorite movie of my life because it's been 10 years, like this year. And I love it. I appreciate it. It's given me my music taste. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I just love it. But after watching all those movies, Edgar Wright went from my favorite director to not my favorite director, to my favorite like editor. And now I don't know who my favorite director is. Well. I'm, I'm in this weird place. Don't worry, buddy. We were watching the Grand Budapest Hotel earlier, and I was like, ah, visuals? It's got to be Wes Anderson. <laughs> no. Oh, no. No. Just like aesthetic no. Wes Anderson. No. I'll, no? I'll show you directors. You'll fall in love. That's my. I've got like Guillermo I'm del Toro and the green Guillermo, tint. Guillermo, Alejandro, Christopher Nolan, Paul Thomas Anderson. I know. There's so I many. know Christopher Nolan's aesthetic. I'm not. not Tarkovsky, you'll probably like just because of your hard on for film language. But yeah, no. I mean, as an editor, Edgar Wright's immaculate. He's beautiful. And yeah. And, and, then, and, and this isn't nearly as long as our conversation on Malik because he only has five fucking movies. He only has movies. five movies. Like, that's and it. And they're like empty carbs. Yeah, that's it. And it's not something you have to like really focus on. You could look away from the movie, look back, except if it's Scott Pilgrim, you might not know what's going on. Yeah. But you look away, you look back, and you're like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. But, yeah, and then, uh, uh yeah. The next thing we have. Next thing we have to talk oh. about, it's, I don't have a lot to say, it's a little I don't sad. Either. So on New Year's Eve, it was announced uh, that MF Doom... A rapper who I love. I'm also, I grew up with him. I love MF Doom. He's great. Uh, his lyricism, not even his lyricism, his rhyming, like his rhyme schemes are amazing. Uh, I would argue that there's no one that could rhyme in the way that he does. Like, he will do a three minute song and the intricate rhyme scheme, every word will rhyme with another word. Yeah. Like, of each sentence. Which is amazing. Uh, it was announced that he had passed away, but not on New Year's Eve. He had passed he away. He had passed away on Halloween. He had passed away two months before that day. Yeah. Which, in terms of like music Twitter and hip-hop Twitter, mm-hmm. this exploded. Oh, it's huge. Like In music news, it, it became prevalent how respected he was. Yeah, because even if like kids our age or younger like are like, who the fuck is MF Doom? Every rapper they look up to, he's and the rapper f- those rappers yeah, look up to. Yeah, he's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yeah, he's amazing. I st- I've been listening to a lot of his music recently just because of his death. That always happens. Yeah, yeah. it always happens, and I I don't have much I don't have much to say about it. I, I just want to say he's a legend. No yeah, he's amazing. Be able to measure I, up to what he did. I hope he felt the love. That all of his fans clearly had for him while he was here. And then uh, my buddy asked me for recommendations on his music. And I figured I would just say like some albums I think people should listen to if they want to hear him. Definitely. Uh, his debut, Operation Doomsday. Mmm, food. <laughs> is awesome. Born Like This, in terms of later Doom, is still really great. And, I mean, his best album, and I don't think anybody would argue it is Mad Villainy, which is his duo with Madlib. Yeah. Uh, I would say that if you had to pick one, that's the one. That album is immaculate front to back. It's so good. I have a horrible confession. You've never heard it. I've never heard that album. Dude, it came out on my birthday in 2004. 
Really? Yeah, it came out. Oh, wait, I've heard a song off that. Never yeah, mind. it's got, it's it's a great album. album cover. It's got an iconic album cover. Operation Doom's the one I listen to a lot. Yeah. Especially, but I would say, uh, yeah. I would say, yeah, if I had to recommend any, it would be Mad Villainy. It's just, it's so good. Uh, but all of his stuff is good. His rhyme scheme, specifically, is immaculate. And, yeah, it. It is sad that it's sad that he died. It's we really miss sad. Him. The world's gonna miss him. They haven't said he's a great guy. They, his family hasn't said what happened. If he was sick, nobody knows. Uh, they have confirmed it is real. He is dead. Yeah, there's no hoax. Which was which was a thing. Like when it was announced, everybody was like, it wouldn't be out of character for this guy who has all these characters in his rhymes, who wears a mask. Inspired by first Doctor Doom and then Gladiator, but he always wears this mask. Yeah. It wouldn't be against type for him to fake his own death on Halloween. Yeah. I, so then his family basically released this statement being like, nah, this isn't fake. He's dead. I, when it comes to, I enjoy my privacy. Yeah. As much as I, I love making content, but I'm also like pretty private when it comes to my personal life. Yeah. Uh, seeing him succeed and be so private coming to his personal life, he inspired me to, like, want to be able to do stuff. Because I had a lot of anxiety about, like, making shit. Yeah. So his stuff inspired me when I was younger to start doing stuff. Yeah. Like, privately. So I really appreciate him. He's a He's fantastic great. creator. And, and all of his stuff is good. There's something to like about all of his albums. Yeah, it's it's hard to not like his shit, no matter who you are. Yeah. And then, then we almost lost another great... Like, right after, because Dr. Dre had a brain aneurysm a couple of days ago. Yeah. Got dropped in the ICU. Thank God. Later that day, he was like, yeah, I'm good. I would have been so depressed. I would have been upset. I'm going to be real with you. I'm still getting over MF Doom. I'm going to be real with you. No, no, it would have been different. I <laughs> am a, I am a hip-hop head. Yeah. If Dre were to die, oh, it'd be different. Because, like, Doom died, and it was like, I respect him. I didn't listen to him that often. Now I'm listening to him more. I'm like, yeah, he, he is that good. Mm-hmm. If Dre, if Dr. Dre were to die, I don't think this apartment would be ready for the amount <laughs> of music you would hear. You would hear N.W.A. You would hear G Funk. You would hear the Chronic. You would hear the Chronic. You would hear 2001. You'd hear Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Tupac. You would hear even Ice Cube. You, you would hear basically. I love Dr. Dre. You would hear any music that he laid a finger on. That's a I, lot of I, music. It's so I would be so upset because basically I think. Not to at all take away from MF Doom. MF Doom was a legend. MF Doom was a performer that drew a ton of people. But Dre was the one that set up and ran the performance. Dude, he was part of NWA. Yeah. He was like he's iconic. He's an icon. He runs everything. He's create he's done more than just perform. He's he's touched he's everything in hip hop. If Yeah. And if it yeah. If he were to die right now, oh, I don't even want to think about but it. It would be bad. Thank God he's he's fine. He he's is okay. okay. He's healthy. And he released a statement saying he's good. Uh, but yeah, that would have been bad. But I'm glad that Dr. Dre is still with us, and I'm heartbroken that MF Doom is not. Something happened. Something happened. Something happened yesterday. Recently. So we're recording this on January 7th. Yesterday was January yesterday 6th. Yesterday was January 6th. Which will go down in history. If, if you've been living under a rock. You can't even miss this if so, you've been hiding under the rock. I'm going to try to be serious about this, and then I'm going to say what I find hilarious about this. So yesterday, a bunch of people, Very a group of people. people, went to a rally in Washington, D.C., held by President Trump and his team. Rudy Giuliani spoke. President Trump spoke. I don't know what was said. I don't really give a fuck. 
It doesn't matter. I know that he said he would not concede. Yeah. And Rudy Giuliani, I know, said something... Something about shit. Something about trial by fire. Or something. Sounds like Rudy Giuliani. Something. Yeah. Something that was about violence, but being like, violence is good. Not exactly being like, do it, but pretty much inside. Nothing said was peaceful. Yeah. Uh, And then after this rally, a group of people... Large group of people. A large group of people went to the Capitol building to protest. Mm Mm-hmm. Which it is important to notice, it started as a protest. Yeah. It is also important to notice, it very quickly was not a protest. Very quickly. And it was very quickly made clear, it was not a protest. These people charged the Capitol building. And broke in. And then got in. Yeah. And not only did they get in, minimal violence. Which, I don't care what your political views are, if you were to tell me that that was a Black Lives Matter movement, and they went to the Capitol building, and the same thing would have happened, you're wrong. These people walked to the Capitol building and then over barricades, over the walls of the Capitol building and into the Capitol building, waving Trump flags, waving Confederate flags. And old Civil War flags. Yeah, Confederate flags. Yeah. Uh, no, no, before even that. Like, oh, yeah. The old Circle Star yeah, flags. Yeah, yeah. Uh, waving these flags with this hate rhetoric and essentially staged a coup. Here's where I get funny with it. Yeah, it was a horrifying experience until we saw. It's terrifying. They, until we saw what they did once they, they got removed, inside. They removed flags and put Trump flags up. That's a literal coup. Mm-hmm. Here's where it gets funny. They do all this. They shut down Congress. Congress was fin- finalizing the Electoral College decision. They succeeded in stopping the count. Temporarily. And they did nothing. They did nothing. They had no speech. They did no broadcast. There was no demands. They nothing. walked through the literal capital. There are videos of people walking in rooms, looking around as if they're on a fucking tour. Like, looking in the rotunda room, just like, oh, that is nice. There's one picture of a guy with a big old smile carrying the speaker's podium There's a away. Dude, there's, there's a clip of somebody walking out of a room and going, y'all don't gotta go in there. We already ransacked the shit out of that room. There's nothing in there. Their whole goal was just break in, trash some shit, nothing to say, no demands, Nothing. You're, are you a fucking moron? Ex- yes. Like, yes. Yeah. They didn't have a plan. They're they so stupid. They were on the brink of being able to turn the tide of the history of America. I mean, they did. Whether they, I mean, they, they, they did. They definitely... And I need to clarify. The one thing I find hilarious is that they got in. I don't find that funny. But it's that they got in with nothing to say. And I think that's hilarious. Because in my eyes... And in a lot of other people's eyes, the Capitol building is the symbol of our government. Two things. One, it fell so easy. Oh, it was unbelievably, laughably Which was terrifying. Because the other terrifying thought is, well, if you're taking the Capitol, you must have something to say. And they didn't. And that's what I find funny. I think what happened is terrifying. What I think is funny about it... I went to a place I usually go to, um, which usually has a lot of conservative people there. I expected them, because they had pretty much said everything that these people were saying. Yeah. And I was expecting them to be cheering, excited, pumped that they stopped the count, that these people are doing exactly what they said they wanted to do. And I walked in. I have never seen a quieter group of people in my life. No, because... They were dead silent, because what was going on was fucked up. It was terrifying. Yeah. I knew it wasn't going to be good because, so I was at work and I was getting all the notifications from Twitter and this account that I follow and it was like they're marching to the Capitol. 
And we're at work, and my buddy, my buddy at work is like, well, nothing's gonna happen. Fi- <laughs> well, I mean, he's about five right. minutes later. No, no, he meant like nothing, nothing would happen. Oh, nothing, like, nothing would happen. Yeah, because oh, it was well, they were moving from the rally to the Capitol, and it was like nothing's gonna happen. And about five minutes later, I come flying out of the bathroom, pictures on my phone, going, "They did it. Something <laughs> happened. They're in the Capitol yeah. building. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen next, but holy shit!" And it's just, it's terrifying because. It shouldn't have been that easy. It shouldn't be no. easy. We have we spend so much on security and military, bro, and they broke in so fast. Also, bro, the supermarket has better security. Also, like just seeing what other protests and demonstrations there have been on the other side of things. Yeah, uh, and seeing how many casualties and that's the complete brought. violence that they faced. Yeah, like versus what the fuck happened there, and what little backlash happened to the people like, that broke into the literal Capitol building. I'll, I'll 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 make it even more real. Trump during a Black Lives Matter rally and walk and protest in D.C. had people fired on with tear gas and rubber bullets to take a picture outside of a church. Not not the Capitol. Just to hold a Bible. Not the White the House. Not the Washington Monument. A church. I don't remember the name of the church. I know it has some national importance, but I can't name it off the top of my head. We're not we're not politically huge savvy people. Here. No. But we're but we he, have common sense. But these people are shot at with rubber bullets and tear gassed and beaten away from this church so Trump can take a picture. A group of people just walked up to the literal symbol of our democracy and broke in. A woman got shot and killed. That's terrible. People were injured. But the numbers are so small. Like, the same amount of people that died in Benghazi died at the Capitol. Y'all ain't mad enough about that. Yeah. Like, that's insanity. Because people were up in arms about that. And now this Capitol thing happens and people are like, well, what about these other protests? Nah, this is terrifying. People shouldn't be able to walk into the Capitol. Granted, Uh, you should on a tour. But you shouldn't be able to just go in with a protest and take the Capitol. That's terrifying to me. I'll also say that on this podcast, it's not a political podcast. We don't study politics. We no. just kind of like pretty much, I lightly to moderately keep up with everything. I'm sure Jake keeps I, up a little I, more. I try to keep up as much yeah. as I can. But, and I don't lean one way or the other either. I'm, I'm, I, do I don't my, like either side. I do my best to be as central as possible. Yeah. Just, just, to, just to understand both sides and be like, what is the more reasonable and beneficial side to this debate with, and opinion. With That's what like I try this, to do. With something like this, though, it's just terrifying. it's 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 not even. There's no one way or the other about it. This was a horrible, it's terrible, terrible, awful thing that happened. And with, uh, and with, we can't sit here like it just didn't nah, fucking happen. I can't. I, I wanted to talk about it because I can't not acknowledge it. And yeah. then the other thing that has happened since yesterday: the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and the Democrats in the Senate. Are calling for the invocation of the 25th Amendment. What's that? Uh, it's that the president can no longer serve as president. Mike Pence would become president for the last 10 days. I think seven or eight people have resigned. This is bad. This is horrible. It's, it's not going dra- it, it, to drastically change the layout of the government, which I'm sure people thought it would. And regardless of whether you like Trump or not, this is bad for our country. It's bad for the country. And it's a terrible last thing okay. for any president. And what's, what's bad is we all, like, kind of said it was coming, but we didn't nope. think it would actually fucking Dude, happen. Suddenly, national treasure seems reasonable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we can steal the Suddenly, stealing the Declaration of Independence <laughs> doesn't seem that unreasonable. Dude, if if people knew it was so easy to do, it would have been done. 
Everybody assumed it wouldn't be easy, and it fucking was. That's terrifying. But, like you said, I'm sure this podcast will have moments where we lean in one direction politically. It'll happen. If we're still doing this in four years and there's a fucking election, we'll probably talk about it. We might not lean in one direction or another. What happened was insane. The aftermath of it, I'm sure, hasn't even begun to form. No. Uh, Shit's about to change a lot so based on that one day. Based on that. And even Congress people have been like, wow. I also think that what those people stood for in order to break in, they just fucked themselves for a while. Oh, yeah. Just fucked themselves because the backlash coming from the government, even their own party, who said, that's ridiculous. Dude, your party wants to hear from you. They don't want the government to not be there. Every party wants democracy. Don't get rid of it. Like, they don't want you to get rid of it. And, I mean, it's of course it's bullshit that... There are a good amount of sects in our government that are corrupt, I'd say. Are corrupt. They are. Not just one side or another. Both sides. There's a lot of money in places there shouldn't be money. Yeah. Coming from really sketchy governments, places. Governments corrupt all that stuff. All that stuff. But. The last thing I really. That's, that's the end of our. our that's it for DC what I have rant. to say about DC. We it's just needed just, to say terrifying. it. terrifying. Like, Jake and A are both not, like, we don't talk about this. As like a yeah. job, we don't study this, uh, but but I do genuinely, this can't be I do genuinely just find it funny that they made it all the way in. <laughs> they got all the way there. You're there. You're and, at the one yard line, and they spiked the ball. Dude, they had nothing to say. An organized group would be able to take over this country so easy. Oh my god! And I don't think they realized they could. Um, I don't think they could either with enough people. But but either way, whatever. Jake watched some movies. I so I I, I realized. I need to start making the videos for the film channel, and in in realizing that, I realize I need to watch like the, a bunch of movies. The movies, like yeah. I need to watch the movies that came out this year to be able to be like, this is my top ten of the year. I want to make a video on what I watched over Christmas break to just be like, this is what I watched. This one was good. This not so good. This one was good. This not so good. But I watched a handful of movies that I that genuinely I think are great. Uh, I still haven't watched the George Clooney movie at this point. I don't think I'm gonna. The Midnight... Yeah, Midnight Sky or whatever. Yeah. Nothing I've heard about it has made me go, I need to watch that. I saw the trailer and I'm like, I get it. Uh, I started and just finished the movie Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Fucking amazing. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, I made a joke really? about it when you walked out because I'm like, did you well, because have the, a stroke? The title doesn't even give off what it's about, but it's about this young girl. Not girl, young woman. Who becomes pregnant. Oh, wait. I remember what it is. And she doesn't want to keep the baby. Yeah, that's right. And it is haunting. It is... in. It's amazingly acted. The main actress... I don't know her name. She's amazing. She crushed it. It was so good. It's not feel good, but it was amazing. Uh, I heard about it in a couple of videos I had watched. A bunch of people were like, this is one of the best movies of the year. They were right. It's great. Is I, this your pick of the year? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm not making a pick yet. <laughs> not yet uh, but I watched Sound of Metal which I had put on because same thing yeah. same thing a bunch of people on their lists were like this is one of the best movies of the year you gotta watch it I watched it with Allie not knowing if I'd like it it's about a heavy metal drummer who goes deaf the more I sit with this movie the more I like it the main actor Riz Ahmed kills it if and I will say he's not gonna win an Oscar if he gets nominated because of Ma Rainley's Black Bottom, because if Chadwick Boseman gets nominated, he'll win it. Not because of like the he's dead and we gotta give it to him. Cause I watched that he genuinely I watched won that it. movie too. He killed it. 
Uh, but Sound of Metal was amazing. The more I sit with it, it's slow. It's not a fast-paced movie. But if you sit there and you watch it, it is perfect. It is so good. Uh, the ending is amazing. The acting in it, everybody does great. The realism of the story of like, he's an ex-addict who goes deaf, his life goes into free fall. But he doesn't relapse. He just has to learn. Like he's got to relearn his life. I loved that. It subverted the stereotypes. Like his, he has to go to this community where he can't be with his girlfriend. She doesn't cheat on him. They don't break up. There it focuses on his. Yeah, they're set, yeah. and it just—it was so well done, and I loved it. Uh, the more I sit with it, the more I love it. So that movie will probably be my number one, but it's—it was so good. So Jake suggests the sound of metal, and I watched <laughs> Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which was shorter than I thought it would be. It's only an hour and a half. The acting in it is great. Everybody does great. No one in that movie did bad. Viola Davis was fantastic. Viola Davis is always fantastic. But she's amazing, yeah. She's like Meryl Streep. She's, she deserves the amount of recognition that Meryl Streep gets. Yes. She's so good. Chadwick Boseman killed it, which broke my heart. Because, obviously. I mean, you wouldn't want him to do bad on its last film. Yeah, but he, but he doesn't have like one monologue where it's like, oh wow, he crushed that. He has like three. One of them is literally to God. He... Killed wow. it. Yeah, he brought it. He acted it beautifully. He crushed it. I don't think the movie itself is that great. But the acting. The acting in it just brings it to the level of like, the movie's great, but because the acting is great. Those that was those were the big three that I've watched. Uh, I need to, I have, I want to watch Weathering with you. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Didn't we start watching yeah, the first and minute I just, of I it? I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't the vibe of the night. Oh, and uh, that's the other thing I watched. Steve McQueen, The Small Axe. Oh, yeah. So Steve McQueen made essentially five movies. Amazon packaged them. He called It's called Small Axe in each episode. It's a five-part thing. It's, it's not a TV show. They're not episodes. But it's not a miniseries either. They're movies. But they're in this thing called Small Axe. And each one tells a story of these black people in this community in London. In like the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they're all good. Uh, the... The first two of this collection are the standouts for me. One of them's about basically police brutality in this restaurant. And it's just, it's so well done. Uh, Steve McQueen made 12 Years a Slave and Shame and Hunger and Widows. He's a great act. He's a great director. All his movies have a distinctive look and feel. They're just really good. And essentially the fact that he made five and then just put them out, they're amazing. It's like a gift. Like, it's it's so... His movies... He doesn't make them fast. Like, he's made, like, four movies over the span of, like, 12 years. So he doesn't... He's not popping them out. And they're also not popcorn movies. Like, it's not like a superhero movie where it's like, yeah, let's go, the next thing we There's something to sit and watch. Yeah. And the fact that he made five and put them out basically at the same time on a streaming service. You can go watch them whenever you want. How long are they? Uh, the they they range from like an hour to two and a half hours. Oh, so they're movies. Yo, they're movies. They are movies. Damn. Um, and they're all good. They're all great. He's probably been planning this for a long time. Oh, for time. sure. I still have one more to watch. It's the last one, but the four that I've seen are amazing, and they're so good. And yeah, I ha- I haven't watched anything else. That's what I've been watching. 
I've, I've been trying to desperately catch up on the movies. I've been living down here. <laughs> I have been living in the basement, just editing. And I've been having videos go out late, too, which I apologize for. They haven't been going out at two, like I said. But I'm also, like, relearning. Yeah, we're figuring editing. it out. I'm, I'm relearning editing in order to do some of the stuff I want to do. Some of the fun stuff I want to do. And we just released the fourth episode of Red Dead 2. And I did some of my favorite editing. I think I've, I've done so far in that one. Granted... I'm not a fucking fantastic editor, and I don't have a ton of resources to work with, but what I did work with, I feel like I did a decent job, and I hope you guys like it. Yeah, please watch the videos. Yeah, please watch the videos. Subscribe to the channel. Comment. I hate being the guy that's like, like, comment, I don't like saying that, but do it. If you you got advice. If you want to support us at all, like, leave, like, a small comment or a like. Or just, subs- like, if you want to subscribe, subscribe. That would be really great. We really appreciate it. It really makes us feel good to see, to feel like we're being seen and heard. Yeah. And, like, our work's reaching people. It really makes us feel good oh. that all of our effort is going somewhere. And uh, if you guys want to see other stuff, let us know. Yes, please do. Please let us know. We want to know what you guys want to see. We want to know what creative stuff you think we would put out and we'd be good at. Um because even though we're like we know what we're good at, there could be things that we don't know we seem good at that you guys would like to see. That sounds um, Yeah, so thank you guys for watching. We'll see you. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you next Sunday. Hopefully another coup won't happen. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's see what can happen in the next like, you know, ten days. I'm sure nothing brutal. <laughs> Alright, thanks for listening, All right, everybody. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>